0: This is video podcast eight from learningradiology.com. Soft tissue lateral neck, normal anatomy, and pathology. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. Today we're going to be discussing the soft tissue lateral neck. We're going to look at the normal anatomy, enlarged adenoids and tonsils, epiglottitis, croup, and retropharyngeal abscess. This is a drawing. By netter of the pharynx, divided into the nasopharynx, oropharynx, hypopharynx, glottis, and trachea. This is an enhanced version of a soft tissue lateral neck, demonstrating the nasopharynx, the oropharynx, the hypopharynx, the glottis, and the subglottic trachea. The adenoids are a clump of lymphoid tissue in the posterior aspect of the nasopharynx. They're usually invisible until age 3 to 6 months. They are pathologic when they enlarge and encroach upon the nasopharyngeal airway. They usually grow until about age 6 and then gradually involute through adulthood. Adults usually do not have visible adenoid tissue. Measurements in general are not reliable. The most reliable indicator of enlarged adenoids is whether they impinge on the nasopharyngeal airway. In this case, the adenoids are enlarged, the nasopharyngeal airway is narrowed, and in fact, the tonsils are also enlarged. Moving inferiorly, the valleculi are the space between the base of the tongue and the superior aspect of the epiglottis. Then there is the epiglottis itself, the aryepiglottic folds, which we'll talk about in a few seconds, and the posterior paired piriform sinuses. Epiglottitis is now most commonly caused by Streptococcus because of the advent of the Haemophilus influenza B vaccine and the peak incidence has moved from earlier in childhood to now closer to six to seven years of age. It is a medical emergency. The airway needs to be protected. Usually, the diagnosis can be made using conventional radiography, a soft tissue lateral neck, in the upright position only because a supine position may close off the airway. The imaging findings are that the epiglottis is enlarged; it appears thumb-like in size. The aryepiglottic folds are thickened, and the preepiglottic space, the vallecula, is smaller than normal. In many cases, the valleculae are obliterated. So this is an example of acute epiglottitis, and we can see that there is narrowing of the preepiglottic space, the vallecula is thickening of the aryepiglottic folds and there is enlargement of the epiglottis called the thumb sign The aryepiglottic folds extend between each arytenoid process cartilage and the lateral margin of the epiglottis and they constitute the lateral borders of the laryngeal inlet. You can see on this radiograph the thin nature of the aryepiglottic folds when they are normal. In acute epiglottitis the aryepiglottic folds become inflamed and enlarged. The E is on the very enlarged epiglottis. Moving inferiorly the vocal cords consist of the false cords above the laryngeal ventricle, which is a slit like air containing structure superior to the true cords. Beneath the true cords is the start of the trachea. Croup is laryngeotracheobronchitis. It's usually viral in origin. It occurs at a younger age than epiglottitis, usually around six months to two years, and it produces a characteristic cough which has been likened to that of a barking seal. And in case you have not heard what a barking seal sounds like, here's an example. The three major findings of croup are distension of the hypopharynx, distension of the laryngeal ventricle, and haziness and or narrowing of the subglottic trachea. So this is an example of croup. We can see that there is dilatation of the hypopharynx, there is also distension of the laryngeal ventricle, and there is narrowing of the subglottic trachea here is another example of croup in which we can see the distension of the hypopharynx and the narrowing of the subglottic trachea in the frontal projection the normal trachea has a shoulder-like appearance at the position of the larynx. In croup, there may be gradual narrowing of the trachea at the location of the larynx, producing the so-called steeple sign. There are other abnormalities that can produce the steeple sign, and it may also be present in individuals due to technique, So it is not the most reliable sign of croup. The lateral neck is a more reliable indicator. The retropharyngeal space contains lymphatics that drain the nasopharynx, adenoids, and the posterior nasal sinuses. And these chains of lymphatics usually atrophy after the age of four. So we're talking about this space here. In a normal adult, the soft tissues anterior to C3 are usually less than 3 millimeters in size, or about less than a third of the AP diameter of C3. At the level of C6, since the esophagus is now posterior to the trachea, the AP diameter of the soft tissues anterior to the C6 vertebral body is usually around the size of the C6 vertebral body. It's important in obtaining films of the lateral neck to make sure that they are done with the head extended and in full inspiration. Images like this one which are taken with the head flexed or in expiration will cause spurious enlargement of the retropharyngeal soft tissues and could lead to erroneous diagnoses. Here is the same kitty with their head extended in inspiration and we could see that the retropharyngeal soft tissues are normal. A retropharyngeal abscess is becoming more common than it used to be in adults. In a child, it almost always occurs before the age of six. The most common pathogens are staphylococcus aureus group A, beta hemolytic strep, and haemophilus. Clinically, in a child, there is severe throat pain, frequently with drooling, dysphagia. The child keeps the head in hyperextension, and the voice has been likened to that of someone with a hot potato in their mouth. In adults, retropharyngeal abscesses are usually secondary to trauma to the oropharynx, either iatrogenic through instrumentation or by a perforated foreign body. The imaging findings in retropharyngeal abscess are widening of the prevertebral soft tissues, in general if you can't remember the size of the prevertebral soft tissues normally then just remember that they should not exceed the AP diameter of the adjacent vertebral body. Rarely there may be gas seen in the soft tissue. Also rarely there may be an air fluid level and there may occasionally be a radio-opaque foreign body visible. So this is a kitty with a retropharyngeal abscess. There is no question that there is marked enlargement of the retropharyngeal soft tissues, no matter what measurements are used. Conventional radiography is usually adequate to make the diagnosis of a retropharyngeal abscess. The role of CT is in distinguishing an abscess from cellulitis in localizing the lesion or determining the extent of the abscess. So to recap... Adenoids are enlarged when they impinge on the nasopharyngeal airway. Epiglottitis features enlargement of the epiglottis, the thumb sign, and enlargement of the area folds. In croup, there is dilatation of the hypopharynx and the laryngeal ventricle and narrowing of the subglottic space. And in a retropharyngeal abscess, There is usually diffuse enlargement of the retropharyngeal soft tissues. So now it's time for your mini quiz. This is a seven-year-old soft tissue lateral neck. Pause the computer or MP3 player as you look at this image and decide what this child has. The history was difficulty swallowing. Well, if you notice the Epiglottis is markedly enlarged, thumb-like in appearance, and if you said that this was acute epiglottitis, you were correct.